You're listening to the Bookkeepers Podcast with the 6FB, the weekly podcast for bookkeepers. Every week, we'll be talking about what's new in the bookkeeping world. And here are your hosts and founders of the Six Figure Bookkeeper, Joe Wood and Zoe Whitman. Hi, and welcome to the Bookkeepers Podcast. I'm Zoe Whitman. I'm in South Wales, and I'm joined by Joe Wood in Kent. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hi, Zoe. I'm good. I'm good. Is it raining in South Wales? Like it, it is raining. Again? It is raining, a rainy day. Um, <laughs> and today we're joined by Megan Chapman. Megan's going to come on and talk to us about how we can deal with negative feedback and uh, our sort of general feelings about receiving negative feedback. Um, but before we get started, let me just tell you a bit about how you can connect with us. So the best place to connect with us is in our free Facebook group, the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club. And also we want to let you know that we are going to be running a five-day LinkedIn challenge next week. So starting next Monday, the 24th of August. Um, To sign up for that, you need to head to our website, which is sixfigurebookkeeper.com slash five day challenge. We're going to be running that in a Facebook group. And we really hope you'll join us for that. We've been promoting it for a couple of weeks now. We've already got lots of people signed up. So uh, really looking forward to that. Um, But let's get started with the show. So Megan, you run the Savvy VA. Um, Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so I've been a virtual assistant now since December 2018. So uh, I decided to go down that career path because I just had my second child and I was on maternity leave. So it's about this time two years ago that I came across the term virtual assistant. And I thought, well, actually, that's something that I might be able to do because I've got 17, 18, 19 years of admin experience behind me. Um, and my previous role, I was managing an admin team in a local community hospital and a team of 10 um, day-to-day management of them, making sure they were doing all doing what they should be doing, as well as providing sort of personal assistance support to the matron and ward managers. Um, and just the thought of going back to work full-time for very little money in the NHS and that all going out on childcare was just a really hard thing for me to to kind of comprehend and thinking that I was only going to be left with about £100 a month after childcare fees. So I thought I'd go for it and um, things have gone really well. So it probably took about six months to build my business and and get to a place where I'd replace that income. I dropped my hours down at the hospital in the meantime and and managed to leave last May. So I've been doing this solo for the last, what is that, 15 months now? And I specialise in customer and community support management services. So customer service is really my thing in, in sort of making sure that my clients, I deal with my clients' customers basically for them. So they don't have to deal with those difficult interactions, those, you know, constantly have to answer messages. So they can focus on what they do best and I take care of their customers for them, basically. <laughs> That's brilliant. Okay, so when you are looking after those customers, do you ever come across negative feedback? And if you do, what is the first thing you do? I mean, because we all fear it. It's like the biggest, the biggest thing that we fear. We just, we all are trying our best, but whatever happens, everybody gets it. So how do you approach it? What's the first thing you do? So, I mean, if it's a, it's a very inflammatory reaction triggering email or whatever you get, message you get. My, my biggest advice is just, step back from it okay and just take a break 
clear your mind, never respond in those emotions that happen at that, that moment when you when you get something, because I know it can, can trigger a lot of, you know, a lot of anger or a lot of upset um, and never, ever use that as a response. So take a break, calm down and go back and look at that that response. See if there's anything in there that is worth learning from or there's anything that you can action and, and sort of maybe sit down and write a list of what, you know, the points they've raised, how you've tried to resolve it in the past if you have, how you could potentially resolve it, um, or if it's just somebody kicking off at you, basically. <laughs> because we tend to, and I tend to find a lot of people will react in the moment. Well, that's why I say take a break. So customers do it as well. So, you know, something else could be going on behind the scenes with them that if they're not happy with something, they're having a response that's not maybe necessarily how they would normally respond if there's something else going on behind the scenes. So always using, always keep your language and any response neutral and calm, um, friendly if you can. <laughs> um, try and resolve the issue. If it's somebody being really, really difficult, um, my biggest tip is using something like the broken record routine and just responding. And if you're trying to get a point across and there's you know, not a lot more you can do, you, you keep offering the same advice and just keep doing that over and over again, slightly rephrase it in each response. So, for example, somebody is wanting a refund on their six month course or package. Um, you know, that's against your terms and conditions. You, you feel you've delivered your side. Um, but they keep responding, no, I want a refund, no, I want a refund. So you can just keep going back saying, I appreciate that. But however, you have had this service, we have provided you with what was agreed upon um, and, and we're unable to offer you a refund or discount or whatever. And you just can just keep slightly rephrasing that in a slightly different way. It does eventually sink in. But I mean, with negative reviews as well, it's always had the same sort of response. If somebody leaves something on your Facebook page or, you know, on your Google reviews and it's, it's negative, um, just take the time out to breathe, digest it and respond and respond in a, a neutral as a minimum way. Um, you know, if, it, if it's something really unreasonable, if it's a fake customer, which, you know, you've got these trolls out there that are fakes and that will just leave people negative reviews. I'd suggest um, just a quick reply, always reply to negative reviews, always acknowledge that they come in and just say something like, um, thank you for your review. However, we've been unable to allocate you as a customer, could you please email us with some more details? People see through these fake reviews. So responding to it is showing that you're a professional. And um, what I'd also suggest if, if it's something else and you've tried to resolve it behind the scenes, again, respond to it and just say, thank you for your feedback. We have discussed this behind the scenes. You know, I offered you XXX solution. You know, I appreciate you're not happy that. If you'd like to email me, we can see, see if there's anything else we can do to resolve it. So always address, never hide from them but take the time out to think about how you're going to respond is my top advice for any sort of negative interaction with customers and clients. That's really good. There's so, there's so much there, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, um, the, um, the point about it being other people's stuff is a really important one. Um, I, I was talking to someone today, it wasn't particularly a bad feedback thing, but somebody was upset that their tax return wasn't done yet and they haven't even been told. And I was like, well, hang on a minute. <laughs> it's, only, it's only August. It doesn't need to be done till January. Uh, you know, so, you know, it's um, sometimes just being able to say, mm, I acknowledge where you're coming from, but let's just, I'm just going to challenge you a little bit. And I think it's okay yeah. to do that. Um, I'm to challenge people. Absolutely. Yeah. And trying to stick by your terms and conditions that you have in place. 
and you shouldn't be scared by negative reviews and you shouldn't be put off or bullied by people who are people out there who 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 do this almost as a profession to try and get free stuff yeah 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 and and I think and often they are just bringing some other emotional something they've got going on to it I think the point you made about terms and conditions is a really important one I think it's really important because when we sort of start out on our journey setting up a business terms and conditions are one of those things that it's a bit daunting we see I definitely see this I'm sure Joe has to there are loads of questions in Facebook groups about like where are you getting your terms and conditions from are you using a template from this professional body or this and the people will say well I got mine from here and I think it's really important to really nail down I actually got a solicitor to go through mine I think it's really important to make sure your terms are right and they cover you for whatever it is you're doing properly it's not just something you've downloaded advise getting free ones from the internet or stealing somebody else's terms and conditions from their website which is what I see a lot of recommendations for on 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 Facebook groups as well because you don't know that they're going to cover them cover you properly I've had people sort of say oh can I use these terms and conditions and they're they're based in the UK and these these terms and conditions are based in the US so they're not applicable at all they're all the wrong jurisdiction all the quoting all the wrong laws they're, they're the best investment you can probably make as a business owner is getting yourself a really good watertight set of terms and conditions. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, and it, and like you say, it gives you that, that comfort. And this is the next question I've got for you is sometimes the fear of having an unhappy client in the future or getting a negative review in the future can actually cause people to procrastinate so much even taking their first steps into um into business on taking their first client how and oh you know from your point of view like you just said there are actually just people out there that do this for, for a profession so the thing is even good businesses get bad reviews do you do you agree with that yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah and so how can people move past the fear of getting a negative review to actually start moving forward with their business. So I think it's it's an often forgotten part of the process of setting up a business is thinking about your customer interactions. And I see it a lot that it's something that people think about, don't think about until the negative stuff comes in. And actually having a customer service strategy in whatever shape or form that is, even if it's just something simple about having some standardized responses ready um, having some ideas of how you're going to deal with these things from a very early stage and mapping out certain scenarios that can come out, come up um, and understanding how you would want to respond to them helps take that fear away when they do happen because you're prepared and you're planned and you plan for them. Um, as I said, it's quite an often forgotten process and I get a lot of people coming to me going, oh, I've just had my first bad review. I don't know how to respond. What do I do? How do I get to taken down? But actually... You know, if, if you're a bit savvy <laughs> on this, if you think about all the little scenarios that can come up and just planning, I mean, it doesn't have to be lengthy. You can just put together a little Word document going, a little brainstorm. You know, if this, this scenario happened, if this scenario happened, this is how I would respond and this is how I would handle it. And I think that pre-planning really can take the fear out of any situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, that you can you can come away feeling 
angered. You can come away feeling frustrated and um, bruised about negative feedback. But really, like you said, it's not always about you. It's not. It, it's something it's very about you. <laughs> very yeah. Experience. Yeah. And I know, you know, from my own experience, I've, you know, I've been in business since 2003 for myself on and off. And in that time, I've had so much negative feedback now and again. But it's that I think what you need to do is, like you say, sit back, look at it. Is it justified? And to be honest, at the beginning of my business, a lot of it was. Uh, I didn't have that customer service strategy in place, like you said. I didn't know what my cust- what I wanted my customer journey to look like. I, I knew that I needed to provide a service, but I'd forgotten about all of those touch points on how I was going to make the communicate the service and how it was going along with with them now I have um you know I I'm I've got people's numbers and whatsapps and and I try and make sure that I communicate with them regularly but in the beginning they would send me in their books and it would just be like quiet nothing and I wouldn't keep them up to date with anything so I've I so very much so things are justified so I think it's a case of not fearing it, but always seeing it as an opportunity to learn. You know, where do you need to tweak the process so that you never have to do deal with this query again? Unless mm. it's someone that's professionally going to be just after anyone and trying to get a freebie. Yeah, there's a, a really great tool. And if you Google it, there's loads of templates. It's called a customer journey mapping tool, which I really recommend as well. Mm. There's loads of websites where you can get free templates um, for all different types of businesses, product or service base. And it's an amazing thing to think about. I mean, it takes a little time. So you're going to have to put probably an hour a day for, for a week aside to go through this. And it just takes you through all the stages, like you said, Joe, all your touch points, makes you think about your clients. You can come up with a couple of different personas of clients, the type of clients that you want to attract and their thought processes and their pain points and, you know, how they like to buy, how they like to be. Um, kept in contact with um, the problems that might occur with them at the end you know for like more product-based businesses you're looking at things like shipping and being told when their their products are being delivered but for service-based businesses you're thinking about like you said Joe, how they like to be communicated with and how they like to be kept in and how often they want feedback from you or or let you know that you let them know where you're where you're at with the stage so it's a really great tool. I said there's loads of free templates out there that you can modify. And there's set lots of diff- several different types of templates as well. So it's about finding the right one that fits with you and your business. But it's such a worthy exercise. Mm. I thoroughly I think, <laughs> and that and the point about thinking about our businesses and the specifics of our own businesses, we also need to think about our customers and how they might be feeling we are talking about people coming with their own kind of emotional baggage to whatever the situation is and that may be causing reaction that that might not might be a bit about out of character for them um but actually like finance causes a lot of anxiety for a lot of people so it might be a simple there might be nothing going on apart from they are terrified of whatever is going on behind the numbers they just don't understand it or they feel like they don't understand it so we need to build that kind of understanding of our clients into our customer journeys don't we yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> have um has anyone got any stories of receiving negative feedback like how how have you dealt with me- negative feedback 
in the past, Megan. I guess you're on a similar kind of journey to a lot of the bookkeepers in our group. Like you've just started up your business, that you're doing something a bit different, but you're you're in the yeah. same stage to some of our. So I've never, I've not had massive negative feedback. I had one of my first clients kind of went AWOL, which was really disheartening. She um, but we weren't a good fit, and you could feel that. You could feel that you weren't. We didn't gel well together. We we didn't have the same. You know, she she wanted somebody to monitor her emails and organize her diary and then he wanted to pay me five hours a month to do that. But expected me to do like four to five appointment arrangements of a week and daily inbox management and sort of trying to explain to her that actually that's more than <laughs> five hours a month. You're talking five hours a week minimum. It was difficult and she just kind of disappeared off the radar. We were going to have a face to face meeting. She disappeared and I just at the time, I think she was my second client and I was really disheartened, but actually reflecting on it, it was a big learning curve for me that actually I shouldn't have taken her on as a client in the first place because we didn't align with our with our values. So I think that's really important is, is, is working with people that you feel comfortable with and you can build that rapport with um, rather than just taking on everyone and anyone, especially in the early days of business when you're, you know, you want to make a success of it. Um, that helps stop that negativity, I think, as well, because building that good rapport. Absolutely. I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree more. And this is where the my most negative feedback came was when I was um, working and building up a bookkeeping department for an accountancy firm. And the accountants were the ones finding the clients and giving them to me. I didn't have an ideal client avatar. I just had I was given them constantly and it could range from like a one man band plumber to a multi million pound building business and I was expected to provide the same service across the board but I didn't always know who the customer was going to be and I did get that like, like actually the multi million pound building business was perfect I, I we we did a great job with them and they were really happy but sometimes it was the middle ones that they weren't my type of people. They, um, I, we had, I had lots of, I, I have this saying um, that I have no more Daves. And I, and because I had this time where I had about five Daves that were the owners of businesses that all felt like they hated me and I just wasn't giving them what they wanted, but they, they weren't communicating to me what they wanted. They thought I should, they thought my role was something different to what it was, and I hadn't communicated it well to them. But now, I, but then when I've stepped away, I sold that business, and when I come back this time to build this practice, I knew that I needed to align with people, and I understood about the ideal client avatar. And because they're my kind of people, I want to chat to them, and I want to, I want to speak to them. And the way I communicate to them, they understand and they listen to what I'm saying because we're on the same wavelength. But when you've got clients that are just, they, you know, lots of them thought that I shouldn't be the one talking to them. It should be a man um, and an accountant that talked to them. And they just had different views. That's absolutely fine. But they're not my ideal client. So now I have so much less, I haven't had any negative feedback. Some people say, oh, could you communicate a bit more to us? And can we do this and that? And that's fine. I'm like, okay. Brilliant. Let's get more meetings in the diary. I'm, I'm, 
I'm up for that. And I actually offer to people now, you know, you can have a monthly meeting or a quarterly meeting, but I am going to be chatting to you at least every quarter or else you're not my kind of client. If you don't want anyone to speak to you, that's fine. Go and find a different kind of an accountancy firm that aren't going to speak to you. But I know that doesn't work. I need, I, so that's like my minimum communication. And that's kind of my level. And I know that's like, what we like that my warrior line. You know, you have at least quarterly or not at all. And and people are happy with it. Yeah, I think you're right, Joe. It, it's about finding those people that you've got a really good connection with because then you're not going to have these kind of, not falling outs, but like misunderstandings because you both sort of speak in a different language. Um, yeah, definitely. I think one of the one of the things that in my when I first started my practice, I went and had a meeting with a client who uh, wanted me to do a lot. It had promised me a lot of work and there was something weird about the setup of his business. I just couldn't get to the bottom of who really owned the business. Like he had a brother involved. I didn't really get it. And it just didn't seem quite right. And although I knew I could do the work and I'd sat in the meeting and I was like, yeah, I think I could do that. I went away and thought about it. And I was like, not sure about this. This isn't gonna work out. And I actually didn't take him on as a client. and he came back to me and uh, was not a happy person <laughs> because he'd spent time in that meeting and felt like I'd led him on or something. But, you know, we were entitled to, uh, I actually called the ICB because I was like, look, it doesn't feel right. And they're like, if it doesn't feel right, it's not right. right. And um, and I wanted to make sure that they, I sort of had their backing. Uh, but, and that, you know, that's something you can do, isn't it? If you feel like you're not sure about something, but I was it's so sort of, early in my journey felt quite naive and um I did the right thing uh, but it's hard to sort of have confidence in those decisions um early on and I you know I do I know that that really did make me think am I doing the right thing am I even cut out for this so I, I really know how people feel if they're worrying about getting negative reviews or having just difficult conversations with clients and potential clients so um the next, the next question I think we've got is, you know, about our confidence being knocked. You know, it really, it really can knock our confidence, can't it, if we get these negative feedbacks. What can we do? Like, what do you think we can do to just feel better? Well, I guess it's, it's, it's a lot of it's time and it will knock your confidence and it will make you feel better in the moment. Um, and it's just taking that time to look at it use it as a learning curve whatever's happened see if there's any improvements you need to make in your business or if it's just an experience and like we said people have brought their own baggage to the table and you learn that they're not the right person for you so it gives you a much more clearer understanding of the people you who you do want to work with so i'm a strong believer that everything happens for a reason and that we're all doing things the best way we can um but just taking everything experience, learn from it, write it down, journal it if you need to, just get a really good understanding of, of what's happening and um, and use it to grow. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So if, if there's a bookkeeper or someone that's about to start their practice and they're thinking, what, what can I do to stop getting negative, or like prevent it in the first place? I would feel that they just need to, like you said, go in and do the best that you can do, communicate as much as possible. I think if as long as you're communicating, people seem to be really happy, even if you have to communicate something negative. 
um, say that you're you're not going to achieve a deadline or, um, you know, you need more stuff from them and they haven't given it, you know, just keep the communication open. I think more more harm can come from closing up and not talking than having to share negative um, information with a client. But have you got a like, you know, a, a top tip that you would say to, you know, the best thing that someone can do to prevent negative, prevent negative, you know, feedback? I think it's it's developing this this strategy from a very early stage. So it's learning, using that customer journey mapping, using the ideal client avatar, whatever you want to call it, and working out who you want to work with and who you are aligned with. And that does sometimes take a little bit of time. And you can use it on maybe based on people you've worked with in the past um, and you've got on really well with, you know, if you've been in employment and you've had particularly, you know, character types you've worked well with, maybe look at those and, and think about those are the type of people you want to attract. And not to just take on anyone which is so hard, I know it is when you start a business, is try to stick to that, those values. And if you're getting a bad feeling from somebody, you know, I personally always speak to my clients, via, new clients via Zoom. We always have a chat and I make sure that I feel I feel happy with working with them as well as them feeling happy. And there'll be red flag things that can be triggered. So for me, my biggest one is if somebody tries to negotiate at my rate, but that I always see as a red flag because that's somebody who doesn't value me from the outset and wants to shine haggle. Um, or, you know, if they're asking questions that are making you feel awkward or uncomfortable, they're not potentially the right person. Um, so looking at those things, making sure you put your boundaries in place. So with, with, with clients and customers, so having those initial conversations and making it really clear how you work what your expectations are, as well as looking at their expectations, because it's a two way thing, I think. And it, it's a business relationship, although they're hiring you, it, it's you've got to work with them and they've got to work with you. So looking at those boundaries, how you work, making sure that they understand that. And I always follow things up. You know, as I said, I like to get on on Zoom and, or, or whatever and speak to them first or on the phone. Um, but I always follow that up with an email. I always make sure my terms and conditions reflect what we've discussed as well. So that's really clear, mutual understanding from both parties. Thank you. That's that's so helpful. I feel like there's a lot that our bookkeepers can take away from this. And um, hopefully just to start to feel a bit more confident, particularly for those bookkeepers who are feeling kind of afraid to get started because they're worried someone's going to say something. I think what you said right at the beginning as well about like, sort of the damage limitation you can do if somebody leaves you a negative review that's really helpful to remember you know you can go back and respond to people and you know absolutely it's okay. and I always say respond don't ignore it because people will go looking at your reviews now I don't I use the example of if you're going on a big holiday so you're, you're looking and you're excited and you're looking at hotels you know whatever's in your budget and you go and look at the reviews now if you're like me you go and have a look at the mixture of reviews you don't just look at the five star reviews and you don't just look at the one star reviews you take an average and you look over them and you get a perspective and customer shopping will do the same so a negative one negative review isn't the be all and end all of business <laughs> because as long as you acknowledge and, and and show that you've had an understanding of that customer's problems if it's a genuine one obviously if it's a fake just you know, just say, can't find your order, or I don't know why you've left this review because we've never worked together. But, you know, if it's, you know, it's a genuine, and as long as you're you showing prospective customers that you have an understanding that, you know, you've tried to address the issues, but you weren't able to work that out 
with that particular customer. I don't think that's, an, you know, anybody's ever going to look at that and go, well, I'm not going to work with that person based on that one negative review. Thank you. That's that's really, really helpful. Um, Megan, would you be able to tell us where people can find out more about you um, if they want to connect with you and find out more about what you do? Absolutely. Um, so you can connect with me. I'm the Savvy VA. I'm on Facebook, got a Facebook page. Um, also Megan Chapman on LinkedIn. You'll see my photo. Again, the Savvy VA. And I've got a website, which is www.savvy-va.com. Perfect. So Lovely. I have a blog section on there, which is full of loads of really useful blogs, customer service tips, hints and tips. Okay. Oh, amazing. That's really helpful. Um, fab. Well, um, thank you so much for joining us today. Just a, a reminder to everybody listening, um, come and get involved with our five-day LinkedIn challenge, which starts on Monday, the 24th of August. Um, you can sign up at sixfigurebookkeeper.com slash five-day challenge. And we'll see you next week for another podcast. Have a good day. Bye. Don't forget to join us every week on the Bookkeepers podcast with topical bookkeeping chat. Why not join our free Facebook group, the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club, or visit us at sixfigurebookkeeper.com.